Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time and tune to tune into our program week after week. It is a pleasure week after week to bring you Saturday Morning with Dan Brown. And our goal from the beginning was to help in understanding um, relating to biblical principles to the world that we're in today. And um, the interesting thing about it all, those principles that were started in the Old Testament that run all the way into the New Testament are as valid today as they were when, when they were written by those inspired men at, of course, many different ages apart. And, of course, in the Old Testament, all the prophecies and everything pointing to the coming of the Messiah. And then when the Messiah is born, all that takes place in the life of Christ, his death and resurrection, all done on the behalf of humanity. As the scripture said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And on that, we base uh, our principles of, of faith. And the idea of our program week after week is, is not to be the end all to any particular biblical subject. Uh, because in this short amount of time, we, we can't cover everything that would be necessary. And there is so much. It's voluminous. I mean, it is unbelievable when you take the time to pray and seek God's understanding in the scriptures that are written, the clarity and the understanding that God reveals to you through the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. And so that's what we're trying to do here at Saturday morning. We're trying to share enlightenment, to share the seed uh, of this gospel of the good news uh, of the kingdom of God. And uh, it just excites me every time I talk about it, every moment that I'm involved in the things that I do. And uh, I'm truly blessed at having the ability to work within a ministry. Many of you who may not know me or if this is your first time listening, uh, I'm the president and CEO of the Atlantic City Rescue Mission, which is a homeless Shelter ministry, we can call it. I, I guess that's the easiest way to understand it. But um, we provide food, shelter, vocational training, counseling, so many things the, the mission provides to people in need. The most thing that we do and that we want to do is we want to bring the gospel. And there is no issue where you come to the mission, oh, you can't eat. And I know there are certain places like that, you know, to participate in their food or their programs, 
You have to be in all these meetings. And do we encourage it? Absolutely, we encourage people to attend any of our chapel services and to seek one-on-one counseling. Of course we do. But it is not any kind of mandatory thing where we are just looking to proselytize endlessly. No, what we want to do more than anything is share the gospel of love that Jesus began with his ministry on earth. We want to share that with everyone. And that's really our job. Our job is to carry this seed. And once that seed is shared or planted, as you can say, then the Holy Spirit will begin to make that grow in another person. You and I do not have a hand in that. That's very important to understand. The best things that we can try to do is in our life what people see us doing and being, and hopefully in that, the gospel that we're sharing is reflected in that some way because words mean nothing without the action that follows it. If you say you love people endlessly but you don't show that, um, that's not a good thing, you know, um, but I – you know, flip the channels and I see endlessly things where the gospel is turned to be for all kinds of other things, endlessly for prosperity, enrichment of individuals. And um, Jesus gave it all. He did not, was not looking for gain in any way other than to please his heavenly father. That was it. So our program today is a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount program that we started a few weeks ago. And this particular segment that we started last week, The Divine Disadvantage, uh, is really uh, quite an eye-opener. Uh, if you have a chance or you missed last week, you have the opportunity to listen to a podcast. And should you have any questions about that program or a program from the past or maybe even a subject that you'd like to hear us discuss in the future, or if you would like a free Bible, please contact me by email at SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. That's SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. So again, welcome to our program. This week's segment is a continuation, part two, you can say, of Divine disadvantage. So kind of where we left off last week, we were talking about all of these statements that Jesus made on the Sermon on the Mount, which some people refer to as the Beatitudes. But one thing that we need to understand is that these statements of Christ are the most revolutionary, think about this, the most revolutionary statements that human ears have ever heard. And what has to follow along with that in the hearing is that we need the Holy Spirit to interpret that in us. It is not something that can just be read and understood, implemented in your heart and move forward. Um, it's not like that. And God has made that clear over and over and over. And so the thing that breaks my heart uh, so often is in, in understanding that we need the Holy Spirit to interpret them, because otherwise people are just seeing these wonderful words as they see them, wonderful precepts. Uh, maybe they're moral concepts, but maybe they disagree with a little bit with the way the world is today. But what you have to see is today's shallow admiration for Jesus Christ as a teacher 
isn't of any use at all. It really is to admire him as a teacher who has come and gone and died negates the entire resurrection, the entire <laughs> removal of sin from humanity. And so Jesus tells us, uh, he says, our inclinations must be right to our inner depths. Think about that. Because it's not only our conscious motives, but it's also our unconscious ones. And they're unconscious ones. And so often, you know, you may not realize it, but you are drawn to do something or drawn to make a decision that may actually have been unconsciously you might have done that might not have been a thought that you thought out completely but you may be drawn to do this thing right or wrong and that's why it's very important that we need to be right into the depths uh, of our conscious motives and our unconscious motives i think it's really really important now the question i'll ask you what happens now are we beyond our own abilities or can God make our heart pure? The truth is we are beyond our own abilities when we are trying to change so much within us. And I'm not talking about your daily eating habits. I'm not talking. I am talking about those hard things that sin has driven us to. The darkness that draws us to places where we should not be. That is really, really important to understand. It really, really is. But I'll tell you, blessed be his name because he can make your heart pure. And that should be each and every one of our goals is to seek God, surrender to him all the triumphs, all the failures. Surrender it to him. So important for us to understand that. Can he alter my disposition so that when circumstances reveal to me my true nature, can he do that? Absolutely, he can. And that's what he seeks to do. Can he impart his nature to me until it's identically the same as his own? Brothers and sisters, that's what he tells us endlessly. Think about what Jesus' prayer was. He's praying to the Father, and he says, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. Do you realize what those words mean? How deep that goes into the soul that God has created inside of you. Oh, my gosh. Jesus is praying that you and I become like him and the Father. Both relational, both spiritual. It is amazing what Christ has asked for and delivered on our behalf. And I will tell you with all my heart and soul, that and nothing less is the meaning of his cross and resurrection. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. So much so. Because he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you're not going to enter the kingdom. 
And so what Jesus was saying here was their righteousness, that kind of piety that's not really true. And we have to understand that we are to exceed that. That is so important to understand. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, it's Chief Meteorologist. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do the bump. Do the hustle. Do the funky chicken. But whatever you do, get down to Royal Farms Chicken Palooza. Right now, get a three-piece world-famous chicken meal. White, dark, or chicken tenders with Western fries for just six bucks with a portion of each chicken meal sale donated to local charities. Can you dig it? Plus, register to win world-famous chicken for a year. That's a three-piece world-famous chicken meal with Western fries for only six dollars. Don't stop till you get enough. But hurry, Royal Farms Chicken Palooza is only for a limited time. So boogie on in for Royal Farms Chicken Palooza. Going on now and it's just the way uh-huh uh-huh you like it real fresh real fast royal farms no purchase necessary to enter or win sweepstakes ends august 31st 2023 chicken for a year prize to be awarded as eight 100 royal farms gift cards for details and official rules visit royalfarms.com slash chicken dash palooza dash sweepstakes void where prohibited sponsored by royal farms Parents, are you tired of helping put your kids' shoes on? They're squirming, watching cartoons, anything but helping. Luckily, it's Skechers to the rescue. Introducing new hands-free Skechers slip-ins. Footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on. You don't need to bend over. You don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on. And they're available in all types of Skechers styles with and without laces. And most are machine washable. Find Skechers slip-ins for kids or mom and dad at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. The all-new Nissan Aria is a fully loaded EV. It's brimming with style and power. Up to 389 horses of it. Innovation and intelligence. E-Force all-wheel drive. It'll pin you to your seat. Your very plush seat. The all-new all-electric Nissan Aria. E-Force cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. E-Force and 389 horsepower available on Platinum Plus. Nissan calculation using one-foot rollout testing with long-range battery and E-Force only in sport mode with E-Step off. These results are for comparison only and should not be attempted on public roads. Drive responsibly. See NissanUSA.com for details. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, thank you for joining us on the second segment of today's program. 
If this is your first time listening, um, welcome. And those of you who have been listening uh, and have responded to my request for, you know, questions and answers, I thank you too. And um, I really appreciate your your wonderful comments and your encouragements. And if you would like to uh, hear something uh, particular discussed, a, a particular part of the Bible or a particular subject, please contact me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. That's Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Also, I have a free modern Bible. No charge. If you would like one, just send me your name and address again to that email address, Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Send me your name and your address, and I will send you that Bible free of charge. And I promise to you, I'll make a commitment that I will not use your information for anything other than getting you that Bible. And my only prayer my prayer for you is that you seek God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul and wear out the pages of that Bible. And again, welcome to our second segment of today's program of divine disadvantage. It's quite interesting when you think in those terms about what God has taught us and what the Holy Spirit is teaching us as we study the scriptures. And remember, the Holy Spirit has taught individuals that have had no scriptures, but because their hearts, you remember their scriptures that talk about people who were not believers, but their heart was inclined towards God. They, they thought in, in the ways of, about the divine, um, the divinity of God and those kinds of things of right and wrong. And it says it's innate in their heart, which is just amazing. I, Certainly wish that, my, that had been my heart from a, from a young person, that it would have been innate. But I do thank God that he loves this broken vessel, this broken man like me, and that um, he would love me so much to do this on my behalf, as he loves you. Your past is your past, and God comes and meets us wherever we are. You know, a lot of people feel funny like, oh, I can't go to this church or I can't do that or I can't be with this group because I'm still doing this or that or this or that. And and I understand how you that can make you feel. But that's not the reality of, the, of it because you need the help of God. You need to surrender him so that he can make you whole. So that he can cleanse the sin that needs to be removed because he describes you as this precious element. He uses gold and silver as examples all the time as when they're mined out of the earth and they're filled with impurities. But what's done to them? They're put through the fire. And when they're put through the fire, their impurities are gone. And what's left over is all that dross and impurities is drawn away. And what's left over is this pure element. And that's how God describes what he does with us. And the most interesting thing is, is that that same purifying fire that God describes himself is, is the same fire that pushes wickedness and evil away. It absolutely is. We, we search and search the scriptures for this kind of fire and that kind of fire and that kind of God is a consuming fire. 
He consumes what is inappropriate. He discards from you what hurts you. And our only job within this, because if if we could get rid of all the bad stuff and then go to church and say, hey, I'm here, or with a group of Bible study, but hey, I'm here, but you felt as though you needed to like dump everything off of you before you got there, <sighs> that's a heavy load to carry. Oh, yeah. That's a heavy yoke to bear. And that's not what God seeks from you. What he seeks from you is to make a choice to accept him. Because there's only two things happen in life with people. We either we make a choice to accept what the Lord wants to give us or we make a choice not to. And the first choice draws God in and he draws us to him at the same time. The second choice, we push him away. The choice is ours. And I hope that, uh, I hope you make the right choice. I hope you think in that way as each day you go through and you encounter something that is going to pull you in a direction of darkness. And if you make the right choice, it'll pull you in the direction of light. And I certainly hope that you're able to make that choice. And so where we left off in segment one, we were talking about the scribes and Pharisees, about unless our righteousness, that once we began to have this relationship with our Savior, uh, our righteousness is above that of which those individuals that he's talking about, because their righteousness was a surface thing. They did it for accolades from people. They did it to sit at the head of tables and to be hear endlessly how wonderful they are. And that's a sticky wicket, boy. That is a trap that you don't want to fall into. But Jesus, when he's speaking here, he's saying that his disciples' righteousness is going to exceed that. What exceeds doing right? What can exceed doing right? And it's not the addition of being right. Because right being without right doing is impossible if we refuse to enter into a relationship with God. So that cannot exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus' message here is that our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees who were very good at doing. They had this great appearance, but their heart wasn't in it. He used to, some of the scripture says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Something, right? And so they were very good at doing. So don't fall into the trap of only doing, Right? We need to enter into that right relationship with God. Monks in the Middle Ages, think about them. You've heard stories about them. They refused to take the responsibilities of life. They shut themselves away from the world. All they wanted in their hearts was the being. 
And many people today want to do the same thing. They want to cut themselves off from uh, one relationship or another. But that doesn't exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. If our Lord had meant exceed in being only, he would not have used the word exceed. He would have said, except your righteousness be otherwise then. See, that adds a little clarity. Because we can't exceed the righteousness of the most moral people we know on the line of what they do, but only on the line of what they are. And the teaching on the Sermon of the Mount must produce in us. We must feel that this is a hard one. This is a hard one because remember what we were talking about this last week when we're talking about salt. He says, you are the salt. And I told you too many people today want to read that scripture as you are the sugar. It needs to produce when we are confronted with sin, when we are confronted with our inability to change it, it produces despair in us. But the salt, as we confront it, though it may be painful in the wound, salt can heal. It can prevent decay and it can preserve That's why we're here. When he says, you are the salt. So important to understand that. And so if it doesn't, if it doesn't, it is because he or she has paid no attention to that despair. We hide it. Maybe we hide it with narcotics. Maybe we hide it with other kinds of addictions. Maybe we do hide it, but they only drive us deeper into the darkness. They really do. But when you pay attention to what Christ's teaching, you will soon say, much like Apostle Paul, who is sufficient for these things? Look up 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. It's very powerful. Who is sufficient for these things? And this simple answer that we've heard repeated in the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, the answer is this. Blessed are the pure in heart. And if Jesus Christ means what he says, where do we stand in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says this. Come to me. Come to me. So many times he says, come to me and I will do what? I will give you rest. And a rest like you've never had, a rest like you've never experienced, but a rest that you've certainly hoped and long for. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. People all over the Jersey Shore have found the easiest way to stay connected to South Jersey's talk station. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. Read free South Jersey news. Listen to your favorite talk shows. Send us pics and videos when you see breaking news. Wake up with the alarm clock feature and more. 
It's all just a tap away with the WPG Talk Radio app. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. News. I'm Paul Stevens. A suspect Rex Hewerman arrested in connection with the murders of three women on Long Island several years ago. He's been arrested by the Suffolk County uh, Police Department's homicide detectives and he's been indicted uh, in a grand jury present, uh, presentation by the, the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office uh, for the murders of Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman and Amber Costello. Suffolk County D.A. Raymond Tierney. Iowa's Governor Kim Reynolds signing a bill that bans most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. As a pro-life governor, I will continue to promote policies designed to surround every person involved in a pregnancy with protection, love, and support. About half of all states now have laws limiting abortion in some way. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Hot and humid today with a mix of clouds and sunshine and an afternoon thunderstorm in a couple of spots. The high today, 90. Increasingly cloudy tonight, some showers and a heavy thunderstorm, especially late. It'll be warm and sticky tonight with a low 74. Cloudy tomorrow, very humid, couple of thunderstorms. Could get some flash flooding tomorrow with a high 87. I'm AccuWeather forecaster Rose Tamburino on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome to our third segment of this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you tuning in and taking the time to listen to our program. Our program today is a continuation uh, uh, of some programs that we've been doing, a particular subject revolving around the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, uh, Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 5. And um, it, it is quite, quite wonderful. And um, But so often they are read as just these these lovely, uh, beautiful words that are together, and we repeat them endlessly, read them and smile, and we feel some joy. But without the Holy Spirit, we don't understand the depths of what they truly mean. And when you do understand it, your heart is filled with incredible joy. And so that's my hope for you. Again, our program that that I do week after week is not to be the end all of these subjects. I mean, how much can you really cover in an hour? You just can't. So there's going to be questions. There's going to be things. And I hope that as you go through, if there's something you think about or something that you'd like to know, I hope that you get that free Bible. Or if you have your own Bible already, that you you check out what I'm saying and and say, wait a minute, Dan, I'm not so sure about that. You you can disagree with me, and we can have a great discussion about what I'm saying, and I've always listened to what other people say as well. But the important thing is, is that this becomes an impetus for you to continue to search, to continue to study, and put yourself together with like-minded people so that you can lift each other up. Do you have to be cautious? Always you have to be cautious. And, um, you know, you take your time and you find out 
you know, the people that you're with and, and that there's real joy and, and that there's real fellowship. And uh, there are certain kinds of fellowship. And the fellowship that I want you to understand what you should be seeking is not a club, not a friend's club, not a poker game. That's not the kind of thing that being the one of the bride of Christ, being the church, because the church has nothing to do with the building. The church are the individuals who make up the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is referred to as what? The bride. And the bride is, Jesus refers to his people as a bride because the intimacy in the relationship that we have surpasses and is so much deeper than the human relationship that we understand. And believe me, we are in all, when we have a relationship as a husband and wife in matrimony, it's supposed to be so deep, so filled with love. And it's an example. Why does Christ use that? I mean, today, you know, everybody's going in every direction. It's a barely can a marriage last because too many people to come together out of selfishness, never wanting to give to the other. Marriages become broken, families wrecked. But you know what? Christ is there to restore that in you because when he's talking about that bride, he's talking about that relationship as it should be. That's what he's trying to get us to understand, that our relationship with him is even more intimate than a husband and wife in their most intimate relationship. And when I speak about intimacy, I speak about deep, deep love, which when you give your partner, there is not a drop of selfishness to it. And when two come together with Christ at the center of that relationship, it's amazing. It is amazing. And that's my hope for all of you. Some of us will be single. Some of us will still get married. And I pray that when you do, I pray at last. I pray that the children don't become casualties of, of uh, the crazy things that we do as we, as we break up. Oh, my. Who suffers? The kids, the children. So my prayer is for you that we understand this. And part of this in, and this, I think the scripture fits within this kind of stream of thought as well, is one of our Christian characteristics that we're supposed to be doing. And my gosh, is it lacking in Matthew seven, verse one, it says, judge not that you be not judged. I got to say it again, guys, judge not that you be not judged. That means we don't go around judging anybody, whether they're a believer or not a believer. We don't judge them. That's not our job. But guys, when I hear the endless gossip and I hear the endless criticism, another individual who they have not walked in the shoes of, how bad is that? But there is a certain pleasure amongst the world that delights in drama. And I can't say that I haven't watched programs that have 
been all about drama. Some maybe I'm drawn into if there's something that good comes from it. Maybe not. I am certainly as flawed, if not more, as everybody else and anybody else. But the idea is, when I'm sharing this with you, we're not supposed to judge. We're only supposed to share. Now, in my work at the rescue mission, I don't judge anybody that presents themselves at these front entrance as homeless. I don't judge a thing. I may assess their situation. But God forbid I ever believe that I could see into their heart and say, oh, that person will never be any good. It'll never be nothing. How wrong is that in every step of the imagination? But criticism is a part of ordinary mental powers of human beings. And come on, you would not be telling me the truth because there's very few people that I know that don't have some I'm not being accusatory. This is just sharing something that I have uh, observed. Um, you know, there's some part of us that, that has criticized someone. And I believe we, we have a sense of proportion where we see things that are wrong. And what are we drawn to first? It's one thing to see where we might believe that people might be wrong. But what's the other thing we do? Do we not slide down that slide, the wrong direction? And that is a bad slide where we pull the other person to bits. But Jesus says this, as a disciple, cultivate the uncritical temper. See, there are times, and some people don't understand this at all. Some people believe that as a person of faith, it is always going to be ice cream and cupcakes. It's a term I use a lot. And it goes back to that other part where Jesus said, you are the salt. And I share that many things that I see and hear today, you would think that it says you are the sugar. But you cultivate the uncritical temper. You can be upset on a person's behalf from what they are being wrecked by, from what is tearing their life apart. You can hate that because you're seeing what it's doing to them. In the spiritual domain, criticism is love turned sour. You understand that? Can you see that where I'm going? And if you can't, please Write me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com and show, ask me or ask me for other verses that may help you see and enlighten that a little bit more. But I believe now that we're sitting here like this and we're taking time to kind of slowly go through the subject that many times it's just glossed over. Because I will tell you, brothers and sisters, there is a saying and it's horrendous that Christians are the only ones that shoot their wounded. And I've heard that more times than I care to say. And that should never be. But in the spiritual domain, criticism is love turn sour. In a wholesome spiritual life, there is no room for criticism. There isn't. 
In my job, I use the word assessment because I have to assess with that individual without judging their heart and being criticizing them. I have to assess what I can do, what is needed in their lives to bring them back to a solid foundation of which they can move forward in life because the foundation that they once knew is ripped out from under them either by their own decisions or by someone pressing it upon them. There's only two things that happen in life. We make mistakes and we mess up and that's on us. But as awful as it is, there are people whose lives have been pressed into sinfulness and destroyed by someone else's darkness of lust or wherever it goes. Craving for power is horrendous. But the critical facility, I won't call it a facility. I won't go that way. I'll say the critical faculty is an intellectual one, not a moral one. If criticism becomes a habit, it is going to absolutely suck the moral energy of life and paralyze paralyze you spiritually please understand that and the only person who can criticize human beings is the holy spirit because he is the healer jesus said i'm sending you the holy spirit who will teach you all things and we receive that holy spirit because of christ's sacrifice on our behalf You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Let's face it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome to this fine Saturday morning. Thank you. And thank you for all your questions and your comments and your encouragements have been exceptional. Exceptional. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. But I do thank you. I thank you for tuning in and I thank you for all the encouragements that you have provided. Um... You know, I've shared with you that I have experienced um, extreme loss um, in most recent times and gave me pause sometimes as to maybe whether I should continue certain things that I'm doing. But your encouragements really gave me uh, a good insight that um, what was taking place and what I've been sharing has some meaning with you and has resonated with you. So I thank you for that. I do. And so here we are in the fourth segment of today, the fourth and final segment of today. Man, that goes so fast. 
And the name of the program is Divine Disadvantage. This is kind of like part two of that, but it's a it's at least a five or six part series on the Sermon on the Mount, also known as the Beatitudes. And I, but I think these things are so important because people read the Sermon on the Mount and say, oh, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. I love it. But they're not really seeing all that God has intended in it to be understood if you're just reading it as though Jesus was some wonderful poet. And he just put together these wonderful moral statements. He's dead and buried in the grave and gone. It means nothing then. And then all of what we believe as the believing body doesn't mean anything if Christ did not die on the cross and was not raised on the third day. Because the premises of all that had taken place, and from the beginning when the earth was created, God's plan was set in motion. Nothing that took place took God by surprise. From the fall of man in the garden to the flood, nothing. With Noah, to Moses, to David, to Solomon, to John the Baptist. And there's a lot of other wonderful individuals in between. And all of the Old Testament prophecies that did nothing but endlessly point that a Messiah was going to be born on this earth who would save his people. It is incredible. So again, thank you for joining me this Saturday morning and listening to today's program. I left off talking about criticizing. Something that I believe almost all of us always fall into. And listen, if you're a person who doesn't criticize, man, I hope a lot of people hang out with you and follow that example. That, that, that's wonderful. And I know there's a lot of people who don't think that way too. And um, I try not to be critical, but so often people take my disciplinarianism and doing the things that I have to do and part of the job that I have as critical or, or, or criticizing. But I will tell you this, and I'm not comparing myself that I am Christ in any way, shape, or form. But the example of what was taking place, Christ certainly told the scribes and the Pharisees without holding his tongue what he believed they were doing. Christ certainly upturned the tables with his righteous anger. And because the Bible says you can get angry and not sin. So there are times when when there are situations that maybe appear like you're just being criticizing when it, in actuality, that's not it. You're speaking that there is a difference between speaking truth and just criticizing. Truth is about healing. Criticizing is only about wounding and hurting. When you tell the truth to someone, tell it to them with love. Tell it to them with love. That can be done. That can be done. And so as we go back deep into the subject, and, and this is where we left off right before, the only person who can criticize human beings, this is important to understand, is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit sees into the deepest, deepest recesses of who we are. Unshielded, unshaded, laid open bare, as much as we don't like that. 
It's all there to be seen. And I would tell you honestly, sitting here today, sitting here sharing this scriptures with you, there are things in my life I'm sure that I probably would not want to say because I wouldn't want to be criticized. I'm human and broken. But Christ continually heals me, continually direct, directs me, lights my path, and leads me to righteousness. And where he leads, that's where I'll follow. And so what you have to do when you're thinking about this, human beings dare not criticize each other. And here's why we shouldn't do it. You're like, oh, that's got, how long is that going to last? A couple, that's like making a New Year's Eve resolution, you know, that January 2nd, we're back on whatever we were doing. But the human beings should not criticize. We should not criticize each other. And here's why. Because as soon as we do, as soon as you and I criticize somebody, we put ourselves into a superior, oh, there we go, position to the ones we criticize. As though you and I don't have anything to be criticized about. But I'll tell you, when you start criticizing, you lock that door to your secret place, I'm sure. I know it. And people are... People are continually criticized, and it's hurtful, and it's destructive. And so a critic must be removed, really, must be removed from what he or she criticizes. Before we can criticize a work of art or even a piece of music, think about this. Our information must be complete. How do you criticize something if you know nothing? This is why we don't criticize. You do every day through the doors of of this mission, of this beautiful place, as old as it is, as worn as as it has become, as many times as we put duct tape and repaired and done and continue to do, as many times as we've upgraded the people that walk through the door to this, and I say it, beautiful place because the Spirit of God is here. It's here with the staff who want to do nothing but to lift you up. But every day people walk through the door and I get to talk to them. I don't hide in an ivory tower somewhere with my head just stuck in paperwork. I meet people. I talk to them. If I'm going to make decisions on behalf of things and policies And what people need, how can I even remotely begin to make a decision if I don't know who the people are that I'm serving? And you heard that right. I am a servant. And so was Christ. But we have no idea when people walk through the door of how they got to our threshold. And when they walk across the threshold, they do not need to be criticized. They need to be cared for. They need to be loved. Sometimes it can be tough love. Again, it's not all ice cream and cupcakes. It can be tough love because structure and things in their lives have fallen apart. And the mission isn't a place to just come endlessly lay and do anything. 
Even in our own lives, we have to make a choice. When God is reaching out to us and we're being drawn to him, we have a choice to accept or push away. And so do we when we come to the mission, when we're providing services for people, when they come in with an attitude that are already defeated, that you can never help me. They've already made the choice that we can. So we ask them to come in with an open heart and an open mind. We do not know how they got here. We don't know. We don't know the steps that they've walked in. We don't know the places that they've been. We don't know the abuse that they've been through or seen. They don't know what the world has called them. Because rarely any of them say it to their face. Because they step across the street, step around them, look away. But our job here is not to criticize. It's to elevate. But just like what we're doing when God brings us in to begin the healing process, there are things, policies and procedures that are put in place for the protection of all people here, for the things that we do. It's very important that we understand. So we will provide an assessment as to what they need to make them at least begin to build a foundation that has crumbled under them. And we don't judge whether they brought it on themselves by their own poor decisions or whether someone else has pressed them into service. Please understand that. No human being should ever take that attitude towards another person that somehow you and I are superior. And people who are continually criticized become good for nothing. And that's the truth. If that's offensive, I'm not sorry. It is the truth. If you continually criticize, there's criticism and there's assessment. And there is a, there is a separation of the two. So you do want to be careful not to confuse the two. The temper of the mind that makes us eagle-eyed in seeing where others wrong does not do them any good because the effect of our criticism is to paralyze their powers. And those of you who may just recently criticize anybody from top to bottom endlessly because you felt you knew everything about them and you had it all right. I will tell you, it proves that that criticism was not of the Holy Spirit. And we have put ourselves into the position of being a superior person. Love Love endlessly. Love without expecting anything in return. God bless you all. You've been listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. 
Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.